Welcome to Cybersecurity Unplugged, the cyber theory podcast where we explore issues that matter in the world of cybersecurity. Well, good day, everyone. This is Steve King, the Managing Director at Cyber Theory. And uh, today's uh, podcast episode is featuring Joe Weiss, who's the Managing Partner at Applied Control Solutions, a frequent keynote speaker in operational technology and ICS and SCADA, and a widely known industry expert on all kinds of control systems and electronic security of control systems. Joe's been at this a really long time, uh, more than 40 years of experience in industrial instrumentation controls and automation. And uh, part of that was 14 years at EPRI and San Mateo, I think, uh, where he led a variety of programs, including cybersecurity for digital control systems programs. He's also served as a task force lead for review of information security impacts on IEEE standards. He's also a director on ISA's Standards and Practices Board, has provided oral and written testimony to three House subcommittees, better he than me one Senate committee, and a formal statement for the record to another House committee. He's also an invited speaker at many industry and vendor user group security conferences. He's chaired numerous panel sessions on control system security, and he's frequently quoted throughout the industry if you if you want the uh, sort of, you know, the ultimate knowledge base about almost any question relative to industrial controls it's uh, you go to joe and support of that he's published over 80 papers i think on instrumentation controls diagnostics etc etc he's a registered professional engineer in the state of california certified in information security manager and he's certified in risk and information systems controller so welcome joe i'm delighted that you were able to join us today well, thank you very, very much for the invite. I really look forward to these kinds of things because it's important to get the message out to as much as the mainstream as we can possibly get. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I agree with you 110%, especially these days where, you know, we're seeing a real increase in the in the number of reconnaissance uh, operations around OT and particularly in manufacturing and energy. And I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but uh, some of the major challenges in securing industrial environments have been initial design and ongoing maintenance. Uh, From my point of view, the initial design challenges assumed that networks were safe due to physical separation from the enterprise, no connectivity to the outside world, and the assumption that Attackers lacked, uh, you know, the specific knowledge to carry out a security attack. But we're all living in a different world now. What what specifically do you recommend we do to harden our OT networks today? Well, okay. Let me just before I answer that, give one other point, and that is essentially what is a control system? And a control system consists of if you will, instrumentation and control field devices, sensors, actuators, drives, things like that, the engineering devices, those are generally not IP type devices. And then you have 
the OT networks. The OT networks are almost always, you know, they're Ethernet, they're IP, and then there is a connection generally through a DMZ to the IT networks, which are also obviously IP. So almost all of the discussions going on are solely on the OT networks and the actual devices where you go boom in the night and there is no cybersecurity are not addressed in any of these discussions. So now going to specifically what you ask, and ISA, the International Society of Automation, through the ISA IEC 62443 standards, have guidance on segmenting networks. We have what are called zones and conduits. So what is important is not only to, if you will, firewall off, and I use the term firewall in quotes because it doesn't have to be just a conventional firewall, but to isolate not only the control system networks from the IT networks, there is also a need to isolate the OT networks from each other, depending on, if you will, uh, safety significance. So one of the reasons you have what are called data diodes is because you don't want to have communications going from, quote unquote, a more uh, secure or higher level security zone. It's okay to go from there to the lower level one, but you don't want a lower level zone going to a higher level zone. So part of where I'm coming from is segmentation has to be on two fronts. One, you have to segment or, in a sense, isolate the uh, OT networks from the IT networks. But you also have to make sure that even within the OT networks, that they're adequately isolated from each other based on, if you will, sensitivity or priority. Right. Those are all great points. If we look beyond the endpoints, the communication infrastructure and the shared uh, computer resources are they're built to comply with modern standards, as you point out, right? In fact, their communication methods and protocols, uh, uh, and in particularly, what is it, uh, Modbus, right? Isn't Modbus like a late 70s, let's see, that's 50 years old, a 50-year-old communication protocol for acting as a hub for all these devices on most uh, industrial control systems today? Yes. And uh, again, if you'll bear with me, I'll add a little bit to this. First of all, Modbus comes in two flavors. You have Modbus Serial, which is, if you will, the 1970s, 80s protocol that has no security. And then you have Modbus IP, which has... I want to be careful, some security in it. When you get down to the lowest level, often, here we are in 2022, Modbus Serial is still used fairly extensively. But on top of that, again, discriminating, as I said to start with, you've got your engineering devices, and their protocols are things like Modbus Serial, but also things like Heart, 
you know, high, highway addressable. Well, heart protocol, I always got brain dead on that abbreviation. I should certainly know it. Anyways, the point being, heart comes in a couple of flavors too. Generally, you have wired heart and you have wireless heart. Wired heart is built on frequency shift keying protocols, which date back to the 1970s. And they sit on 1,200 baud modems. That is the most popular sensor actuator, in other words, field device protocol in the world. <laughs> and then you also have, quote unquote, the Siemens part, which is Profibus, which is, in a sense, it's not the 1200 baud modem, but it's also protocols that don't have much, I'm giving you, giving credit where credit may not be due, security in those protocols. Yeah, and doesn't Alan, didn't Alan Bradley make a version of that too? Yeah, I mean, they all, all of the vendors have their kind of offshoots, which has also led to a thing called OPC, where because we have the Tower of Babel, you know, you have an overall control system, say in a power plant, a refinery, or a water system, is a mix of different vendors. You're going to have Emerson, might have Honeywell, you may have Siemens, you may have ABB, you know, just to name a few, uh, Schneider. And so each of them has their own, if you will, proprietary protocols. And so there needs to be an overall, if you will, translator which has turned out to be OPC, Microsoft OPC, which is what allows all of these different vendors with their unique protocols to be able to communicate with these uh, Windows-based operating systems and either SCADA systems or uh, distributed control systems. And so the bottom line is there is a mix of protocols there is not there in in our world there isn't just one and invariably i mean it's like in the electric industry it's dnp dnp3 yeah it's been around since the 80s or so all of these started out without any, any uh, cybersecurity there is work going on within all of them i mean you can look at uh, for building controls you have backnet you know, all of these started off strictly as communication protocols without the concept of cybersecurity. <clears throat> and people are now trying to backfit cyber onto these. And there have been more than a few cases where the security upgrades have uh, caused some real impacts. Absolutely. And, you know, we just know that we you know, we do a quarterly report on what we find in the in the wild here, and we've seen a 2,200% increase in recon, uh, specifically around Modbus bus in OT, energy and manufacturing, just in the last nine months. So somebody is interested in what those configurations look like, and it seems very... Um, fragile to me that we should place all of our uh, eggs in that basket, if, if you will. So what do we what do we do? Do we rip and replace or what, how do you de-risk that kind of an environment? 
Well, I'm going to give you a different answer. Part of the reason we have such a risk, and, and by the way, we will never, ever be able to be secure until this particular problem is overcome. And it's not technical, it's culture. And that is what has happened without being flippant, the tail is wagging the dog. The organization responsible for the security of all of these systems, you know, the OT or quote unquote control systems, is the CISO, you know, the chief information security officer and his or her minions. Well, the CISO is not responsible, nor in most cases have any knowledge of what the actual devices and systems are that they're trying to secure. But the point is the people who do have that knowledge are not under the purview of the CISO. They're under the purview of vice president engineering, vice president manufacturing, vice president power delivery. In other words, the vice president of the actual operational organization. And they're not part of this cybersecurity policy-making or anything else organization. Do you, you think are, that that the are you suggesting that is the that's at the core of the problem here? That is the core of the problem. Everything else emanates from there. When you don't understand how that programmable logic controller works, or how, for example, a boiler is working. There's no way in the world you can adequately secure it, period. Now, the reason I'm going further is, look at what was done with Stuxnet and with Triton, you know, Triton being, you know, the Russians wanting yeah, to cyber yeah. attack, okay? In those cases, the only way for that to work is that physical security, IT security, and control system knowledge people had to work together seamlessly. That doesn't happen with the defenders. So, this so is what I'm going to be uh, talking about in Minneapolis. This is this whole point about. The square peg in the round hole. Mm -hmm. Networking, whether it's IT or OT, is the square peg. Engineering is the round hole. And until we start having either a square peg in a square hole or a round peg in a round hole, it's not possible. That's uh, stunning to me because, you know, when I was running IT, I also had responsibility for OT. and. You know, it quickly became clear to me that nobody was going to shut down the plant because I requested it at any time in my lifetime. So, you know, I raised the issue, you know, to our joint boss, who in this particular case was the CEO. But, you know, ultimately he, he came down on the side of the plant manager, of course. And I got that. That was like my first experience with, oh, I see. So <laughs> we're not going to shut the business down to accommodate me patching a network server. I guess I won't ask again, but that was like 120 years ago. I still, I find it hard to believe we're still, we still have exactly the same problem. It's worse. 
it's a hundred times worse because now who does the CISO and the board listen to? The OT network people. Not OT, OT network people. They're not listening to the vice president of engineering. And here's the other point I wanted to get across too. You gave a very great answer, but in a funny sense, it was halfway there. And that was you weren't going to intentionally shut that plant down, patch a server. However, we've had umpteen cases where the plant was shut down because the patch that went onto that server was incompatible with the control system. And by the way, this is also why ISA has a separate, we're not sure if it's going to be a standard or a recommended practice or whatever, but it's called patch management for control systems. Because what people do is they follow IT patch management guidelines. That doesn't work. For so there's nothing systems. about the IT protocol for networking or even otherwise, right, that, that has much of anything to do with OT. Here's part of the problem, twofold. One is IT basically says as soon as they're notified, you have to expeditiously, expeditiously patch, which means shut a system down, which is exactly what you ran into. But here's the other point. In IT, when Microsoft puts out a patch, it's a generic Microsoft patch. But in the control system world, you know, Honeywell or Siemens or Schneider, ABB, name it, name it. They use Windows, but they don't use plain vanilla Windows. They've modified Windows a little bit for their applications. So when you pull a plain vanilla Microsoft patch off the website and try and stick it on one of these systems, it's going to fall down. Are you suggesting a, a, a strategy then, <laughs> a way to shut the network down so we can apply? Absolutely. And it's yeah. happened often. Hmm. This is, again, part of the reason ISA 62443-2-3, that is patch management for control systems was started. Our problem is People use the same terminology, and it means totally different things. You think patch management is a general term. You know, at the top level, it is, but not at the implementation. I'll give you another one, because I've got to do a presentation right after we get off. And it was dealing with, with definitions. And there are two definitions that, to me, are kind of important. But one is people talk about anomaly detection kind of standard in, in, in OT network security, right? Right. Anomaly detection there is looking at anomalies within the network. You know, so you're looking at, you know, are they the right bits and bytes? Are they coming from the right places? You know, is the header correct? All the rest of that stuff. To the engineer, anomaly detection is vibration increasing, is temperature going up, What's going on with my voltages and currents? I mean, until I got into security, my whole world was anomaly detection. But 
it was anomaly detection of physical properties. So you have both of these organizations mouthing the same words, meaning something completely and totally different. So you're, you're saying this all boils down to the semantic problem? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and here's the other thing, too. This whole term of OT. OT was a term coined by Gartner because they really didn't know what a control system was. So they came up with OT and said, gee, if you're OT, yeah, if you're not IT, you're OT. So people basically say, see, all of this you know, control system stuff is OT. That's not right. OT is not pumps, valves, heat exchangers, relays, turbines, transformers. It's not the instrument engineer, the relay engineer, the manufacturing engineer, the safety engineer. OT are the networks. And we keep getting, quote unquote, wrapped around the axle because people throw the, the term OT out as if that's everything. It's not. And Many, many, many of the engineers to this day, if you use the term OT by them, they would look at you and wonder, what are you talking about? Hmm. Now, again, unfortunately, that term has spread throughout the security world. It has not spread throughout the engineering world or the maintenance, engineering maintenance world. So when you talk about that, that goes back to culture. You know, the plant manager is not OT. The plant manager may be operations, but he doesn't know what OT means. Yeah, I I get that. You know, I, we you know we work with lots of different kinds of companies, and every factory automation company that I've worked with has said. You know, they all lack the ability, again, to your comment about networks, they all lack the ability to identify threats at, at level zero. And yet they all boast that they can capture telemetry and analyze it, you know, I know. down to level two, for example. But, but the electronic electromagnetic signals that come out of a sensor, actuator, PLC, whatever, they fly below level two, right? I mean, it's down in the concrete. They're at zero. I don't, yeah, level zero, right? So why don't, why, I don't understand why our industrial automation companies don't partner up with, I I know there's a handful of, like a small, but handful, maybe five firms that can now detect that telemetry at level zero. I can. And and supplement their network monitoring, you know, their classic IT network monitoring partners appropriately. That's the greatest question in the world to me. But these OT monitoring companies view the engineering type things as as competition. They tried to kill them. It doesn't make any sense because one is complementary to the other. It's not one in lieu of the other, but they view this. And and again, it, it goes back to Networking are computer science people. 
you know, levels, you know, level two or three, certainly level three on up are network people. Right. Level zero one are engineers. Right. Now, that is what's broken. This is what I'm what I keep speaking about. And it's not getting better. It's getting much worse. And honestly, CISA, DOE, et cetera, are self-propagating that problem. By what? By everything, all of the guidance they put out. Yeah. When you look at, I'm about to, I'm, I, I don't know if I'll put it out because it's, I won't say it's controversial, but people doesn't, don't like it. But CISA has never put out, and I use the word never, and that includes when it was DHS before it became CISA, never put out any guidance on a level zero device, ever. Every single thing they've put out, including all of their vulnerability disclosures, are all on level two on up. Well, they're all XIT guys, right? Yes. That is exactly the, the discussions I'm having now, because when I'm giving a presentation, October 26th, as a, it's going to be my first in-person presentation since the pandemic started. So this will be the first time in two and a half years I'll, I'll be face-to-face. Uh-huh. And one of the people that's going to be there is one of the deputy directors from CISA. Mm-hmm. And I've been having discussions back and forth. And one of the things that's going on is they're saying, well, you know, talk to our SMEs, subject matter experts. The subject matter experts for CISA are not, not instrumentation and controls, cybersecurity, you know, SMEs. They're OT network SMEs. And so right. what keeps being provided to CISA management is it's a network problem. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to be talking about. And, and honestly, it's dangerous because you try to apply these network recommendations or network guidance to level zero one devices, they have damaged or actual or shut down or in some cases actually killed the devices. They've had to be replaced. Yeah. This is not, you know, essentially. Yeah, no, I mean, I I get that. I understand it. I I don't know what we're going to do about it, though. Do you think... uh, in you know, in the context of old dogs and new tricks, do you think education is a solution? I'm trying as we speak, literally as we speak, to get to the head of both, you know, the the new cyber organization and 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 CISA. And let me throw one other thing out because I know we're getting close on time. Yeah, I just see <laughs> that we're we're about done here. So yeah, final so- final comment. The problem we have, and this is like I say, it made its way all the way up to the top, is our field devices, which is where you go boom in the night, have no cybersecurity, no authentication, 
no real cyber logging, no cyber forensics. I'm talking the newest stuff out there, not just the old 4 to 20 analog. And what's happening is the offensive people know this. You know, not just our offensive people, but, you know, Russia, Iran, China. I assume North Korea can't speak, but I know the first three. They know this. The defenders, for whatever reason, refuse to acknowledge this even exists. Refuse. And all of the guidance coming out of Washington is only IP network related without any, it would be even semi-passable if that guidance would be benign to these devices. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, it's harmful to these devices. This is the message that I'm going to be giving October 26th and to I have to give presentations at a couple of uh, universities, actually defense universities, on exactly this. And this is really, you know, what I need to get out is IT cybersecurity or OT cybersecurity policies, procedures, et cetera, can actually be harmful to the devices. Maybe that's the right message. And I wish you all the best. You know, we need to solve this problem. And based on that data I gave you earlier, a 2,200% increase in recon, we probably need to solve it sooner than later, too. So I don't know that that's going to happen by chatting with folks at, uh, you know, the federal agencies. But um, well, but, also- but perhaps education is the key here. And well, we're certainly going to include that in our uh, cyber ed programming because... Yeah. You know, we, you know, this is a real problem for sure. Anyway, I know we're, we're out of time, Joe, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I think this was very illuminating. I, after your pitch at the end of uh, October, let's get together for a phase two on this because there's a bunch of things we didn't talk about I'd like to that are appropriate and kind of see where we are then. Steve, that would be great. Thank you very much for reaching out and having me on. All right, Joe Weiss, uh, Applied Control Systems Expert. Again, thank you and thank our listeners for spending uh, 40 minutes of their time with us as well. I hope this was useful to everybody. Until next time, I'm Steve King signing out. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cybersecurity Unplugged. You can connect with us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Cyber Theory, or send us an email at social at cybertheory.io. For more information about the podcast, visit cybertheory.io forward slash podcast. Until next week, thanks again.